Welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast about video games and craft beer. Oh, I was going to drop craft. I was going to say beer, but in my mind, I've automatically referred back to it as craft beer. Anyway, I'm Ben. I'm here with Adol. Hey. And I'm here with Lucy. Hi. Hey. Hi. Are we all drinking craft beer? Can craft beer stay this week? I think it's craft. Okay. It seems like it. Cool. We'll keep craft beer then. As always, we're going to drink some beers, we're going to talk about some games, we're going to talk about beers, lots of stuff that's been happening in an ever-exploding, collapsing world that we live in. <laughs> oh dear, what a week it's been. Uh, let's crack some beers open. Adel, what are you going to drink first? I'm going to drink the uh, Weird Beard and Tiny Rebel Belgian Dipper, Cardinal Wolf. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, buh, 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 buh. A wolf is always going to be a wolf, we all know the saying. No matter how you dress it up, a sheep's fleece, an official uniform, or even as a member of the clergy. This beer is no different, hiding its true intentions behind a disguise of juicy banana, pineapple, and lemongrass. For the second of our collaborations with Tiny Level, uh, Rebel, they invited him to blah 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 blah. Uh, you can find fruity esters mingled with bold cracked pepper combined with some new Slovenian hops. The drinker can be fooled into thinking this is an innocent little number. Do not be fooled, this beer has teeth. With an ABV at 8.4%, this will will have you on your knees if you don't keep your wits about you. Nice. Oh. Crack that bad boy open. Lucy, what are you going for? Well, keeping on brand, I am also going to drink a beer that was partially brewed by Tiny Rebel. Oh. Um, hmm. And it is their Orange Mocha Frap Stout. And it's in a collaboration with Fierce Beer. Who are known for nice. all kinds of weirds of weird flavors in their beers. Mm. Um, not much flavor text. It's seven percent. Let's see if there's any ingredients on there. Yeah, other than your typical lactose and yeast, wheat, hops, and malt. It's not much else. A bit of oats as well. So I imagine it's going to have like a creamy mouthfeel. But yeah, that's it. Seven percent. Uh, Frappa stout mocha. Chocolate latte orange. It's Terry chocolate orange <laughs> in a beer, basically. Nice, yeah. nice. Um, I'm having. I was going to do a really, really tentative kind of link there. Uh, I'm drinking a beer from Verdant, who are based in Falmouth, which is mm, you know in the southwest, yeah. not far away from Wales. And and where is where is Tiny Rebel? Is it Cardiff or is it Newport? I can never remember. It's Newport, isn't it? I think we've had this conversation before. Let's have a look. Have. Can I see it on the beer? It's Wales. Wales is the same. <laughs> I think they they definitely have um, uh, brew houses in both. New, Newport. Act, yeah. It's actually Newport where the the main the brewery. That's is where it's brewed. Yeah, Newport. Sure. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Cool. Sorry, Wales. Okay. Well, Falmouth. That's it's close to Newport. You can get there in a couple of hours. Mm. Um, from Verdant, I am drinking the Huddle. It's a a, a pale ale. Um, but it says it's heavily hopped with new German varietals, noble and fruity. Um, the malts, extra pale, best ale, rye malt, and dextrin 
the hops are Halatau Blanc, uh, Hull Melon, or Hule, I don't know. It's got the double dots above mm. the U, because mm. for, for, it's German, I assume. Uh, and Mandarina Bavaria as well. Uh, and it's also got London Ale 3 in, which I assume is the yeast. That's it. That's all that's on this can. Verdant have got some lovely photos acting as their artwork at the moment for a lot of their cans. Uh, and not much else. Okay. Yeah. What was it? It's um, blah, 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 blah. it's 4%. So starting off with a very light beer. Yes. Yeah. Nice. I say very light. It's not not very light. <laughs> no, it's, light. it's not 2%, but no, it'll, it'll get you going. It will. Uh, Adel, how is that beer? Oh, it's quite good. You can definitely taste the alcohol. It's got that sort of strong sweetness. Um, the nose is gives you that fruity, slightly banana-y um, note uh, that the sort of flavor text uh, warned. It's sort mm. of an opaque golden honey. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy um, the cracked pepper. is very light, but it's sort of there throughout. I'm actually sort of shocked, given that it's a dipper. And like they didn't exactly highlight the. They talked about the Belgian and American yeast. They talked about um, all the hoppy flavors. But I'm surprised that there's a bit of a maltiness. Maybe it's just coupled with this. Maybe I'm just coming out because of the sort of strength of that alcohol taste. Mm. I'm getting quite a lot of that sort of a little bit of a, a, a toffee malty t- taste. That sort of is unusual for a dipper. Yeah. Mm. Um. Overall, yeah, it's a it's a really it's really tasty. It's, it's like a, it's not as fruity as the flavor text seemed to indicate, and that cracked pepper sort of brightens the taste, sort of in the mid. Hmm. Um, but it sort of leaves you with this sweet, almost malty finish, which is very strange for a um, for a dipper. I'm quite enjoying it, but yeah, it's good. Nice, nice. Yeah, I suppose you you kind of expect uh, a dipper to to sort of hit you with the hops, really. Don't you? Yeah, and we've, we've had a few which have kind of brought through the malts, but they've always been almost there to kind of back up what's going on with the hops, really, haven't they? Yeah, and so like when when the maltiness sort of ends, the the very end of the finish is definitely is a, a sort of a much more bitter, um, hoppy. Again, not super bitter, but like clearly uh, the hops are, are are the things that linger the most, but they linger mm. very softly compared to the rest of the taste. It's very unusual yeah. for a dipper. Quite like it. Good. Nice. Another cracker from Weird Beard then. Yeah. And how about you, Lucy? Yeah, it's as you said, Adele, it's really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it poured almost like motor oil in the um, in the glass. It's it's a uh, you know opaque. It's very dark. It's actually quite a lot of yeast um, in the glass, so which you can see. So it's definitely bottle conditioned. Um, probably it's got quite a dark probably it started off as probably less than one finger um mm. brown head as well but uh yeah it looks like a, a typical stout uh aroma straight away could smell the coffee um really like nice dark malts and um that bitterness that you get from coffee uh tasting it it's it, it's like one of those beers that when if someone was going to you how would you explain the body is it like light medium or you know heavy you mm. you'd probably say medium but drinking it it just feels so light it's it's um what was the percentage again let me have a look 
seven percent and it just it, it feels like more around five percent it's really light and okay. really easy drinking um yeah you can definitely taste the coffee um with those dark malts and you know the bitterness um it's not too astringent or acrid so it's got that nice balance and can't really taste the orange just yet um mm. Maybe that's just me, um, but maybe it's the orange like offsetting that bitterness and making it feel quite light and not too heavy um, from the yeah. coffee. But yeah, it's a really standout stout. It's really good. Good. Yeah. Can't nice. spell standout without stout. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you a clever boy? <laughs> I like how we both had to think about yeah. it, though. Like, can to be we... fair, you don't even have yes. to rearrange anything. You just take the and out. Yeah. Mm. English, mm. our first language. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Um, this verdant huddle, it might be something, it might be said slightly differently. It does have the double dots above the U. I don't know what that does, as I said. English, there you go, our first language. I've got mm. no idea about any other languages. Um, it's, it is very light. Um, you, you're sort of at first hit with uh, a little bit of a citrus some orangey flavors a little bit melon coming through um, but it, it quite quickly goes away and you get more of the the malts coming through this sort of this grainy kind of taste to it which which almost then gives way to this kind of it's not quite dank but there is this sort of skunkiness mm. to it right towards the end uh, but it's a strange flavor to go from this this sort of fruitiness to this graininess into this kind of dankness more towards the end especially as it's it's doing all of these things quite lightly as well you know it's it's quite a carbonated beer or at least it's sort of to start with it was quite a carbonated beer um you know bit of a bit of head which is stuck around on there it's almost this very murky uh, not quite orange color, but it's sort of it's 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 getting there. Um, but I mean, you you know that it's a you know around four percent something like that. It's not hitting you with with a big hoppiness. It's not hitting you with sort of alcoholiness. But it it's almost doing lots of things, almost in moderation, mm. I suppose. But that kind of makes it a, a nice experience because you've got so many of these different flavors sort of taking you through from the four all the way through to the finish mm. um that they kind of they blend into each other quite well but it's strange that i'm getting all of those different bits through the the, the four the mid and the and towards the end there's not really an overall sort of mm. flavor yeah. to it now, does so, it does it feel like they're sort of very distinct phases, or are they mm -hmm. flowing reasonably well? There's just not sort of a tether that links them. I think they flow reasonably well. I think because I, I suppose I've I'm kind of drinking as I go, you know, drinking as I sort of describe it. Maybe the the orange sort of the citrusy kind of flavor sticks around mm. all the way through, kind of tying everything together. Yeah, um, and it might be that it's just I'm experiencing this this quite different changes in the flavor profile uh because it's the first quarter of the can that i'm drinking right. and maybe the more i drink the more those flavors will sort of blend together 
uh, as you know, flavors are left on my palate to kind of wash in with you know what comes at the fore on right. my next sip and stuff. So I might have to return to it and describe it a little bit more. Yeah, more towards the end because even now, after having a, a sip just then, it it feels slightly different to how it mm. did. You know, when I first started to describe it. So yeah. I mean that's mm. what happened. That's what's um, happened with me because I'm starting to taste that orange now. It's yeah. very slight citrusy um, flavour that you can just taste throughout. Um, before that, the bitterness of like the coffee um, takes over. Yeah. Mm. So it's a really nice balance between those. And I'm someone who you know says don't mix, mix fruit with uh, chocolate. It's just sacrilegious. Don't do it. But it works really well in this beer, and mm. yeah, and the carbonation is, is is so perfect that it just makes it so light and easy drinking, and can just keep going back for more. So, good, yeah, really good. Beer. <clears throat> nice, nice. Should we get into it this week? But should we stick with beer? Yeah. Good. Beyond brand. Adel. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Adel, you posted uh, an article to all of us. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, talking about one brewer specifically and their antics as of late. You're trying to find it, aren't you? Sorry. Um, well, yes. Uh, I guess it depends on which of the antics um, we're going <laughs> to touch on first. Where would you like to begin? Um, I think we should begin um, with, um, yeah, I guess the article I posted earlier today, which is... Um, that uh, BrewDog has been quite apologetic um, to the masses um, for their... What the fuck is the name of that thing? Um, uh, which one? Is it, is it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they've been apologetic with the the, the initial flavor profile um, and it's recipe. It's called Indie Pale Ale, yeah. Their Indie Pale Ale, mm-hmm. that's right. Which they sort of came out at Christmas and the idea was a, a more accessible introduction to craft beer from them for people who are on the fence so it's supposed to be less adventurous and less in your face than other um craft beers to help sort of introduce people to craft beer um and it i think has um it came out at christmas time and the it sits at an 11 percent on rate beer i think oh jesus because uh, it's been universally panned by everyone as and uh, some of the comments are um call it lo- quite lager-esque Mm. Um, and so the article today was them coming out and saying we're changing the recipe because we realized it was garbage. <laughs> um, uh, what, what's interesting is they're, they've shifted the blame to our main brewers were away at Christmas when this was come up with, and so that's why it was garbage. It's like, well, that so, so your so whole you did, so wait, company you, you came up with a new beer and didn't yeah. run it by your brewers. Yeah, the head like, brewers. That's yeah, and your company's. Thing. And your company is basically rudderless without these head brewers, which who is it? James Watt and Martin Dickey. Yeah, like yeah. Who probably want to leave the company at this point? But you know, it's like you know, if they do, it's like are you just basically saying that your whole company is rudderless without them. And 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 I would just like to touch upon like what what do, what is accessible craft beer? I don't get it. It's like it, I mean, unless you're handing someone who's used to Carling and Carlsberg etc and Foster's, unless you're handing them like a really sour goes or you know, or a Hefeweizen or 
or, like, or just like a, a really, really strong in, imperial in your stand. Face IPA or yeah, something. or something like that. What what is accessible? Like, I, I don't get that. <laughs> it's... I tried to mute. Didn't work. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, it's like I would have thought that punk fuck, IPA. That's, is sorry, that's like a quarter a second of of peaking on that sneeze. <laughs> uh, that's just really amusing. Um, I'll drag sorry. it down. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, um, going off what you said, Lucy, that was one of the things I wanted to, to, to touch, touch on as well, which is what exactly is accessible craft beer? I don't know. I mean, it's it's not like we don't have fairly easy to drink, light ABV, not too in-your-face beers to choose from. Punk IPA is actually quite reasonable as far as extreme tastes, and that's, yeah. I think, a lot of people um, in the craft scene do point at it as a good introduction for those who want to try for things. For sure, yeah. And I think this is an example of BrewDog trying to cut in on the mainstream beer market by dumbing things down to the to the non-craft taste profile, and they I got caught with their pants there. down. I think they're right, already because, there, though. Mm-hmm. Right, but, yeah. so they came up with this, and, and everyone is saying this tastes like lager. Which I is mean, the, which is fine, because I like yeah. lagers as well. Sorry, they say you know, this but... tastes like lager in a very... Um, uh, dismissive way, <laughs> yeah. right? Like a Carling uh, Foster's, etc. Yeah, like yeah. macro, macro lager. Yeah, yeah and, because... I, and I think that's probably what they were. I think it's just a lie that they they somehow didn't consult their brewers and were, and, and screwed that up. Um, yeah, that's got the be, fact that matters. Yeah, they were trying to come up with a standard beer that they could try and sell to people in an in an it... attempt to ca- get more than the craft market. Yeah. and it's just disingenuous. Yeah. To, to pretend like your your company, which is clearly reasonably well run given your growth, is so, mm-hmm. somehow screwed up so bad at Christmas time that they lost all track of how recipes are done, how marketing is done, what the object of the beer was. Like it, none of it makes sense unless you have the slightly cynical mindset of they were trying to do this thing and now they're pretending they're not because their fans got not? pissed. So a lot of a lot of everything that we talk about comes down to messaging and how people bring across their either their arguments their conversations what they're trying to sell and why not just come out straight off the bat and say hey this is what we're trying to do you know we we want to break into this market which is dominated by say three companies and you know i think in the the morning advertiser article actually says in there um it might be a quote from from james um like the top 10 beers are you know like fosters carlsberg carling uh, i can give you the exact quote the top 10 beers not just lagers but beers sold in the uk are carling fosters stella artois budweiser carlsberg guinness john smith's coors light peroni and san miguel yeah but yeah yeah, but it's so hard to tap into that market when you are the size of brewdog even even though they're much bigger than they used to be those macro brewers even though i still even now, like I, I still see Brewdog as a macro beer. I don't see them as like a craft mm. brewer anymore. But that's well, and they're trying people. to act that way, right? But they're, they're... yes, they're, yeah, and it's like it's. I get, I get it. I get the where they're trying to steer the uh, steer the ship, the ship. I get that, but it's like you're never going to be able to compete with those at no. any level. And that's but it, it's fine. Why not just come out and say that? Why not just say hey? We want to dip our toes into oh. into that part of the market mm, let, because let, this is this is an experiment that we want to run. This beer is not going to be for everybody. It might not be for our oh, normal customers so who like all right? of these beers. Yeah. But, but, I think, but that's maybe part of the problem of 
almost people saying, well, you're not craft beer anymore. They, mm-hmm. they still want to be craft beer. And yeah. I guess they're oh, worried yeah, they about have their, their cake image. Of too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But why not just, just be upfront about shit? Yeah. Just, well, because they're a corporation, if, right? Because they're clearly uh, a corporation. Yeah. And they're clearly acting like a corporation <laughs> they because they're chasing profits. Yeah, they got but their shareholders and equity for punks and all mm, that stuff. So. Yeah, but like, the, like yeah. in order to chase profits, you want to get this lowest common denominator beer, which will never work it, because they yeah. don't have the volume like yeah. the people who drink these things aren't interested in not drinking whatever generic lager of choice they picked really yeah if i'm a foster's dude yeah i might slum it quote unquote to have a carling <laughs> if there's a non-foster's fucking bar but i'm gonna choose foster's every time because i just want a beer yeah and like Be- to think that you can come up with something with the taste profile of these things that will woo people away just as Really, like you clearly haven't done your due diligence on on the markets you're trying to break into because there's a reason why Carling can't win over that many Fosters drinkers, etc. Because once you sort of pick your generic lager, bland lager, macro lager of choice, you stick with it for reasons beyond the taste. Yeah, because mm. you, and you're never going to you know pick even if and sorry, that, you know what it is. You know what Fosters is every single time. You're just going to stick with that. It's yeah. not even brand loyalty. It's knowing what you're getting for your money, and I, if if Brewdog, are, that, that's the thing. It's like when you think of accessible beers. I mean, to me, that that just screams out that's price point rather than flavor. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's you know? the other thing. And I mean, I do not advocate this at all. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you want to make an accessible beer for the masses, just take Brewgutter's um, recipe. For the clean water lager, mm. which is a lager, what everyone drinks, what those ten yeah. top beers were. Yeah, it's fresh, it's clean, it's you know, it has that quality that you would associate with craft beer. Just take their recipe, or say, you know, can you make a beer with us, or you know, that would appeal to the masses, etc., etc. Et I'm not talking about anything to do with the, you know, the actual recipe or their their messaging and. Um, the whole charitable organization behind that but make a beer similar to that you know that's a lager but that is made... actually a lager versus mm. a pale ale that that's the other thing is yeah people who drink lagers as like when they say think beer they think lager are not going to go for a palest of pale ales no. regardless of how much you tell them it tastes okay because yeah, i have friends or you know i've a friend of, uh, uh, one or two not you two, but um, <laughs> like I have a friend who's from like Belgium, and she will only drink lager. Really? And, yeah, and I'm just, it, I'm just like, oh my god, but you're from Belgium, and Belgians make the best beer, and it's like but she'll only drink a lager, and it's absurd to me, but it's like, it, it, but it, but people, yeah, she will not drink a pale ale because she she says she hates the bitterness, and I'm like. Well, there's so much more. There's stouts, there's um, Hefeweizens, there's Rausch beers, there's this, there's that. And she's like, nah, just give me a lager, you know? Mate, she wants to drink this huddle. There's there's zero bitterness here. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, so I think, yeah, this is, this is just a question of um, what were they trying to do? They clearly failed to do it. But it seems like what they were trying to do is create a mass market beer, but without actually doing what needs to be done to, do, to, to make that work. Like, they just... 
they're trying to break in small and like sort of under the table to a market. But in, of course, uh, who's going to try this is people who like craft beer. And of course, if you're making yeah. a lowest common denominator beer, people are going to complain about it. And they doubled down on the idea that this was supposed to be a craft move, but then they just look incompetent. And I can't, I don't mm. believe that they are. I think the only competence mm. is their PR struggling because they've had quite, yeah. quite the week of struggling anyway. Um, I think there's quite a lot of uh, equivalents, like, you know, brewers that have got quite big, like, over in America. And then of, like, either, I don't like using the uh, term sold out, because I have no qualms with it, but in inverted commas, sold out, and have become bigger and have, you know, wanted to chase that macro dream. I think this is, like, probably the first time in the UK something like that has happened with a brewery, so. I think selling out isn't necessarily being corporate or getting big. Hmm. Um, it's when you sort of, I think this is why the term craft is kind of a good thing because it sort of focuses the idea on your, you care about the taste of the yeah. beer and playing with mm. the taste of the beer, etc. And a microbrewery trying to become a bigger microbrewery or a macrobrewery is, seems innocuous, but a craft brewer chasing the Foster's market seems like something's gone wrong and there's a di- that term difference actually does matter so i'm kind of yeah. glad that for today you did introduce things as craft brewing <laughs> um, because yeah the problem is that why people were pissed about this indie pale ale or whatever they called it is because it wasn't craft like it was trying to be really inoffensive mm-hmm. yeah i mean um, there's a way to do it like be big on a global scale and still actually care about the quality of your beer. Yeah, like but that's Sierra what I'm saying. Nevada you can be a macro it. brewer and care about craft. I mean, yeah. so I, for example, you brought a brew gooder, and I think that even, even though they're not trying to be a macro brewer, they were trying to make an accessible beer that people could easily mm. drink, not fight over, have at the office, but that was doing a good thing. Yeah. And they cared about taste of beer, and they came up with a really tasty fucking lager. And that's exactly the way to yeah, sort like, of yeah. retain yeah. the craft approach but be broadly appealing yeah and brew dog understanding is, that yeah. balance and brew dog is thanked on every single one of their cans so brew dog obviously mm. you know have some insight into the recipe of that beer and what makes that you beer think, accessible yeah. then mm. why can't they just replicate that on on their own terms it's crazy yes yeah. yes let's 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 move on and talk about another way brew dog have tried to be accessible which to me, is is the way they should have done it the whole time. I don't understand why this this maneuver makes sense at all. Because what they've done is they've had the million pint or million bottle, million beer campaign, right? So they've got a brew brew pubs all across um, the UK, and I don't actually know the details. You get a code or you say the password yeah, to the you guy. Do, at the you bar. just yeah, you just you have to um, do a secret handshake. Yeah. <laughs> you just but put in your email address and they will email you with a. Uh, barcode yeah and which then they'll scan it presumably in the pub and you get a free Mm -hmm. pint and it's a way and these codes are available until a million of them are are given out um and it's a way of getting people in the pub because if if five five mates come down and they're like shit you know why don't we all just have a free pint here even if we don't care about brewdog we'll have our first pint here and then we'll go to some other pub afterwards the fact that it's sort of broadly accessible and you just sign up means that, yeah, you're going to get some people who might not. Like, that's a way of catching people in. Giving free beers in a way that seems, I mean, I don't actually know the logistics, but I assume you can then tell your mates to sign up. And then within a half hour, you know, 
Hmm. Five minutes, you all have codes, so you can all get that free beer. Yeah, it's it's literally that simple. You yeah, so, so in which case, it, it doesn't have a barrier to entry like a like a voucher you have to send off to or whatever, because everyone's got smartphones, so you and your mates can just get free beer and a free round, and then you're like, oh, this is pretty good. This is not yeah, that I'm, terrible. I'm not sure how well this will uh, work for them in terms of bringing in new customers. Uh, I think... If you know that Brewdog are giving away a free beer, you probably already know who Brewdog are. Well, and you I think probably that's... already drink their beer. So is it a way to bring new customers in or is it a way to get more people into their bars? Well, I think it's probably both. Yeah. It depends on... I, I don't know how extensive their advertising has been outside of like beer circles, etc. Mm. Like if there's a big Facebook ad push, so anyone who likes beer might see it sure. because the keywords there. That'd be a big thing. I haven't seen like bus ads or anything as big as that. Mm. As that, but I think if they put the money, and I don't know if they have, if they have put the money into sort of wide uh, advertising, that's all it needs. I think the approach they really must have, would have screwed the pooch if they didn't sort of put a lot of money into getting this word out broad if they're trying to get people into the pub in general and mm, into yeah. BrewDog especially. I think it's the latter, Ben, trying to get more people into the pub. Mm, mm. Because, hey, we all love free things, but who's actually going to trek to a BrewDog pub? Especially, I mean, you know, they're not as well, yeah, I mean, ubiquitous as like a KFC or something like that. You, you know, there's yeah, but we, prob- we don't get KFC is a non-thing in this country anyway. They can't keep their chickens in the line. Well, yeah, but, got no chicken, mate. All their all their chicks in a row. To, they're getting back to where they were. Um, but yeah, it's like you have to actually go out to a brew brew dog. Yeah, it's like if if your mate who likes brew dog. He likes craft beer. He's like, oh, I've got this free voucher. Oh, I thought you were saying, uh, guys, who likes Brewdog? <laughs> no, if, if someone was like, oh, yeah, lads, let's let's go down to Brewdog. It's like, it's Friday night. We come to this place every Friday. Why yeah. are we going to make our way over to Brewdog? I think it's just for people who frequent Brewdog, you know, now and then. More incentive to get, get in there. And buy several of the so, beers. It's a, it's so a good market. I, I thought it, I thought it would yeah. be bigger because it's a million pints, and like I just don't think they have that kind of regular clientele. And presumably, uh, it's one they, for they do. They, I mean, when I go to Brewdog in Birmingham, it's always packed out, and that's throughout the yeah, day. Yeah, the one in Bristol is as well. Yeah, that's but, that's not like even. Friday I guess I haven't been there that or, often because mm. Beer Emporium and Strawberry Thief are like well, way closer, I, I, <laughs> or like way, I, like just I close. Think, and why wouldn't you go yeah. there instead? Yeah. But that's the thing with, with Bristol. You've got King Street, uh, a two-minute walk away, which has Beer Emporium and Small Bar. Um, even Is it the King Street Brewery, which is yeah. the, the newer one that's opened up on the corner? You have other places where you can go and drink a lot of different beer from loads of brewers. You know, If you're like us, you're probably going to go there rather than going to, to Brewdog. But maybe if you're kind of on the fringe of you don't really want to drink macro lagers, you've kind of moved on a little bit from them, and, and Brewdog is that gateway drug, you're probably mm. still using the, the, the Brewdog uh, bars and stuff. So maybe it's it's kind of maybe a way to entice people back into the bars that, that went yeah. and have, have you know shied yeah. away a little bit. Yeah, because or... every time I've been to a Brewdog bar, I, all, I don't think I ever get a Brewdog beer. I think, really? I, yeah, I always get I kind of the guest they don't beers. Do I, because mm, they usually have, like, cloud water on. They usually have, yeah. you know, different different breweries on. It's like, 
I never really touched the Brewdog one, so I'd probably go there with a voucher with the intention of getting my free beer. And be then pissed after like ten minutes after having like two cloud water double IPAs yeah. and stagger outside <laughs> forgetting that I actually had the voucher. So that's probably that's what would happen. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Um, what what else have uh, Brewdog? <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna like, keep rolling through. So, so yeah. I think yeah. the, I last think... last Brewdog news. Yeah, the the big news. We're recording this on March the eighth, which is International Women's Day, and Brewdog made waves with their special edition release of Punk IPA called Pink IPA with a pink label beer for girls, where all all the profit would go to. Women's something something. Who cares? You guys fucking screwed up. What do you mean <laughs> beer for girls? How can you possibly think this is a good idea? Let alone also making it pink. I get that punk and pink are close, but <laughs> I mean, how do you possibly I, think uh, this is a smart move? I think had they have said rather than said because on the bottle, I'm pretty sure it says beer for girls. Does it actually? Yes. Oh god. And there was then in their press release it said this is a beer for girls, this is a beer for like equality. And then in a tweet they sent out, they said this beer isn't for girls. This is a beer for equality. And you're thinking, well, you you're kind of you're you're jumping back on your messages here. I think had they had just made the bottle pink and yeah. said and, and rather than said beer for girls, just written International Women's Day. Mm. Yeah. Or not even done that, just left it saying Punk IPA, whatever it says underneath. Fuck, have a label that says fine. Punk People IPA. People would have understood what that was. You didn't have to try yeah. and push the message even more and just make yourselves look fucking stupid. But, yeah, but so, I saw so a that... tweet when they said sarcasm. Like, hashtag yeah, yeah, sarcasm. Of course, of course. Like, That's fine, but I can no, say, no, but both no, of no, you, but... you're, both, you're, both, you're both cunts. Oh no, sorry, it, I was joking. Y- yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just just jump back on what you've said, you know. So so the weird thing is that they 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 wanted to highlight this the idea of uh, pay disparity specifically mm-hmm. for International Women's yeah. Day, and and the fact that like beer generally has not good representation, and then they do this, and you're like, of course beer doesn't like. There's mm. a barrier to entry when this has seemed like a good idea. You are yeah. the problem. Mm. I mean, it yeah, it literally says on the bottle, uh, pink IPA beer for girls. Mm. Um, and you know what's even more worrying I think it's the fact that obviously this has to be signed off by multiple people in the company which is scary and it's a company it's not like one dude and making a mistake yeah but it's the fact that they said that the women in our um, marketing department or you know thought this was a good idea and it's like well that's even more scarier that these women are also toned up, you know? Sometimes <laughs> yeah. we, you know, sorry, you know, probably mostly male audiences, but sometimes we expect you guys to be, like, a little bit toned up. But when it's when it's women as well, it's well, like, also, it's th- doubly this, worse. You know? There's this mm-hmm. big problem with the idea that if one woman agrees, then that it must be good, it yep. must be okay for all women. It's like, no, if you're going to, you are a big corporation, you're trying to do this big, growth thing into large markets you're the biggest craft brewer and you're you're trying to trade on being a big big boy company and then you don't do any sort of market testing clearly you're just like oh the women in pr said it'd be okay who knows if they meant that or just felt like they couldn't be like this is awful because they felt you know because they're in an awkward position no one knows who they could be tone deaf they could have been stricken but 
They're not the arbiters of what makes sense. You do, you're a corporation. You're acting like a corporation. You do fucking market testing. Yeah. Also, it doesn't take a lot of effort to figure out this is dumb. Yeah. Like, do you, when you, you like, remember? hey, we want to do women's issues, and we know that women feel marginalized and are often thrown into this stupid tank of, like, pink, and we know we have women drinkers of punk IPA, but let's just tell them that actually all this time we didn't want you to be drinkers of punk IPA because <laughs> this is pink IPA for and you. And now this is for you. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's so it's just so wrong in so many ways. It's like where is there someone at the helm? Well, I I can I can kind of, you know, I think the the initial meaning behind the idea has has come from a good place. Yeah, yeah. pay disparity uh, you know, pay pay yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just think again, it's messaging it's the way that they've gone about getting that message out to people and yeah. stuff. And you guys remember, uh, it's it's a, it's a little while ago, but when we were talking about, and I can't remember exactly what it was, it, I don't remember whether it was a pink beer or it was very specifically a yeah, beer for women that was that. You the know, check, in a the gold check bottle, put first in a shoe for box women or something yeah. fucking pink stupid bottle. like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That came and went. <laughs> yeah. but did, but do you not think maybe they'd, you know, did no one at BrewDog even... even read about that yeah do you think you googled if you googled beer for girls you would have come up with a bunch of angry articles for at least that one i'm sure there's been others (laughs) but no why would you google things we know what's up we asked that chick in pr (laughs) and i mean that as that chick because it sounds like that's as deep as it goes as far as like contemplation yeah yeah Yeah. to to reiterate what Ben said, I think, yeah, the message, the the, the initial the idea behind, yeah, the intent. Mm. Uh, I've Sorry. always said, like, a, I, I, a just, for, I just gave, put words in your mouth as the only no, female. No, I'm <laughs> struggling. So, about women's sorry. issues. No. I'm the worst. <laughs> sorry. You. No, uh, that that's the word that I needed. That's fine. Um, but yeah, intent was there. So it's like a for execution. I mean, sorry, A for effort, sorry, and D for execution. Oh, I don't mm-hmm. think it's A like, for effort. I don't think they put the effort into it. I think due diligence Yeah, that's true. And a for intent. Yeah. So <laughs> I for intent. A for English. idea. Yeah. A for... C minus for effort. A for F acknowledging for, for that actual. there is a problem, yes. Yeah, that's true. Yes. pay gap. And, yeah. Um, so what, yeah, what I found and, frustrating and, is they didn't actually and, say... They said, hey, there's a pay gap problem. They didn't say, it's not a problem in our organization... We've fixed that. They yeah. just said it's a problem, and all the profits that we make off of this fucking horrible idea um, will go. Which is the worst part, right? The way they're trying to fix this problem is to donate to women's causes with a special edition beer. But they've marketed that special edition beer so poorly that they will get zero profits from yeah. this beer, <laughs> which means they're doing even less. And yeah. it's and well, that's to, to take it almost the other way. You've got a pink bottle. Pink IPA, beer for girls. Am I meant to drink that? No, no, no that, you, you can't buy what it. I'm saying it's like it, this is the problem. First of all, it's like why was beer ever marketed to men anyway? Mm. It's like it's such a utilitarian product. It's like yeah. I don't know. You shower need gel. To it. Everyone uses it. Everybody drinks beer. It shouldn't yeah. be marketed marketed to either sex. I mean. Especially yeah. when you're marketing it in such a boneheaded way and making it pink. But it's just, I think that's just... It, ugh, well, actually having, ca- having played a lot of the uh, Assassin's Creed Discovery Tour mode, I know that beer was used 
by the uh, by the pharaohs, by the establishment, mm-hmm. yeah. even by the temples and things, to pay the workers. Yeah. It's 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 yeah. their payment, beer and bread. It wasn't it's just like for pizza. men. That was for everybody. Um, pizza's for everybody. No, not yeah. for so, women. So I think, I think like Ben's actually brought up... If I was away. paid in beer and pizza, I'd be oh, well God, fucking yes. happy. Ben actually brought, brought up a good point I hadn't thought of, which is um, they said the proceeds from this would go towards some sort of women's issue. I don't remember. I didn't. I didn't mm. They said the proceeds would go somewhere pro-women. But by calling it beer for girls, you're actually discouraging men from buying the pink IPA versus the punk IPA, which yeah. means that you're actually not even capturing all the, like if you had just said this run of punk ipa has a special label and all the pro- proceeds go f- from this to that you're actually making a separate thing and then now it's like oh so if if, if people go to the bar uh, the the brew pub and get their free fucking pint of punk ipa and then they buy another punk ipa and they never buy the pink ipa then none of their money that money goes to the thing mm. that you're trying to make, make like it should have been you know a week or two plus minus like plus or minus women's day a week or two right um all punk ipa proceeds and here's a special edition yeah. label go towards funding initiatives to change the 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 pay gap or whatever but instead yeah, they're like we'll come over. up with this new edition of bullshit that actively discourages women because it's suddenly it, it's patronizing the idea that this beer's for you which means others aren't and also tells dudes who are sort of on the fence you know, if they haven't really thought it through, oh, this beer's not for me, so I won't buy it. So who's buying this beer? It's mm, mm, way worse than I thought. Yeah, it's just worse. Yeah. Um, just to finish. Oh, by the way, um, the title of this episode is Brew Dog Screws the Pooch. <laughs> yeah, Very good. Very good. That works. Yeah. Um, someone who did do their research, James Beeson, who wrote the article for The Morning Advertiser, um, he says that the proceeds, or the aim of the beer, right. is highlighting gender pay inequality and supporting women seeking out a career in particular in science technology education and maths stem yeah there you go thank you that's okay that's okay well, that's good i finished my beer ages ago oh, me too i want to drink another beer uh, ben seeing as you want to drink another beer and you were the last one why don't you start us off i will do i was hoping i could have cracked this earlier the, the huddle went down very very quickly yeah um, and my next beer is a 10.5% triple IPA. Jesus. I was hoping I could have started this about five minutes after we began and just nurse it the whole way through. <laughs> but as usual, I'll have to bang back a big boy. Uh, this is the... As usual, you have to bang back a big boy, eh? That's it's every Thursday, isn't it? Every <laughs> Thursday night. Uh, this is the Glory from Northern Monk. Oh, excellent. I've been... I, I almost wanted I wanted to go to the bottle shop to pick a, a can up because I I've read a few things and I'm quite curious about it. But well, I'll wait for uh, you to say I, this and I might buy it tomorrow. I mm. have tasted it. So. Yes. Uh, what did I say? There's there's zero flavor text. It's one of their seasonal. Plus Northern Mug, they rarely do flavor text. So. Yeah, uh, it's in a nice white can. However, there you go. Uh, Lucy, you've poured already. What are you drinking? I am drinking another tiny rebel beer. Hmm. And it's Ooh. called the Didgeridank. It is a 8.4% uh, double IPA. And that's and in it. order to drink oh, it, you oh, have oh, to... Oh, oh. Sorry? It's... You have to do circular breathing um, while you drink it. Alright, oh, okay. I just, I just got that. I know nothing about the uh, function of didgeridoos. I just know that they sound funny. Uh, the function um, is it makes weird noises. So that's called yeah. music, but it's debatable whether it is. Uh, it's... it's uh, a collab beer with Siren Craft. 
Hmm, nice. Nice. Uh, I uh, am drinking um, the extra stout from the Amsterdam brewery, the Volenhoven and Co. It's a 7.1%. Um, and it's in Dutch. So I'm not going to read it because my Dutch pronunciation is <laughs> all right, but not great. And even if I did it, no one would understand. Um, but yeah, it's a 7.1% extra stout. Um Ben, you've got what looks like a kind of translucent, sort of hazy, honey-colored um, beer. Um, it's hazy, yes. Uh, it gets a little more translucent towards the, the bottom of the, the glass I'm drinking out of. Um, very similar in color to the Huddle. Uh, nice white head as well. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a fruity, hoppy beer off of the nose. And um, when you sip it, Jesus Christ... You're instantly hit. I mean, there's. It's a little bit. It's it's a big tropical fruit flavour, mm. but it's it's got a few sort of like piney notes in really? there as well, mm. and it's it's so fucking dry. <laughs> it's so dry. I'm, 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 right. Like just trying to get some moisture back, so I can actually speak about what this beer is like. I think that's the thing that's sort of like I have to sip it again. Jesus Christ! I mean, I I, I hate to say this, but I can't remember what kind of beer it was. I, I've just blanked on it. It's just a triple IPA. Oh right, a triple. That well, that explains but a little of the dryness. Just all of those just fucking just, yeah, well, just, alcohols. But I, it, it's just so dry. Putting so the all in alcohol. Um, there is there is a sweetness there. Yeah, definitely. Um, from from the alcohol. Uh, but it is it is pulled down slightly by that little bit of pininess by the tropical fruits. Mm, yeah. But that's that's kind of that's it. It's just a big tropical mess juice bomb. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. So does it, oh, so I, really I mean, like given that, that it's a triple IPA, yeah. and except for mm. the dryness, do you, do you feel that alcohol? You said it was a little sweet, but it seemed like you were kind of understating. The, like usually on on a strong alcoholic, there's there, beer. There's some sort of tether to. I kind of get where this is alcoholic. I mean, with the Cardinal Wolf at 8.4%, I got that the sweetness that was sort of rounding things out was the alcohol, and that was just really well melded into the flavor, but it was clearly alcoholic. Um, do, you, do you get a sense with that even more so alcohol, or is it actually connected? Yeah, that, that, the, the sweetness kind of, on the, on the, the aftertaste, the sweetness kind of mer- m- changes very slightly. To become a little bit sort of danker, but you you not maybe not danker, maybe just more alcoholic. Mm. Yeah. That sweetness definitely tells you that it's a it's a big alcoholic kind of beer. Um, and whilst you don't get it maybe as much through the flavour because a lot of the tropical fruits are kicking in and stuff, it's definitely that aftertaste that that kicks in more. So whilst it's dry, mm. and I want another sip. I kind of don't want another sip because I'm sated alcohol-wise from oh, right, the okay. aftertaste. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I get you. You see, mm. I I mean, that's the double series, those cans. The one's called Death. Yeah. The one's called yes. Glory. The Death is a uh, IPA. Uh, not an IPA, sorry. An Imperial Stout. I think that's about mm. 11% or, mm. or it might even be 13 and God knows. Oh, God. Um, but I think I had, I had both of them on the same night and I think I had Ooh. the... Death, which is the uh, stout first, 
Mm-hmm. And you could definitely taste the booziness from that. You could definitely taste the alcohol content. Yeah. And then I had the uh, the glory of what you're having. And comparatively, it just felt so much lighter. And yeah. it was just really easy drinking and finish that far too quickly. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Mm. I mean, it, it is easy drinking. Mm. And that dryness definitely has me reaching for the glass right. you know, quite swiftly after finishing. Um Let's see what this does to me. <laughs> Lucy. <laughs> I am drinking another juice bomb. Um, mm. I had to pause and take a picture of it. Cause it just oh, fuck, like I didn't take a picture of the first beer. <laughs> Neither did <laughs> I. It, it was finished too quickly. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, I haven't had a beer like this in ages. It's like a proper juice bomb. Like, yeah. I just remember like last few summers just drinking like proper hazy, like almost looks like juice kind of beer. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's. I like how they call it didgeridoo dank because you definitely get that dankness and like funkiness on the aroma. Nice. And that follows through to the taste as well. Um, you're getting a lot of tropical fruits, and you are getting that, you know, kind of dank, kind of well ripened mango kind of funkiness as well to it. Um, but yeah, there's not much more to say to be honest. It's it's just a really juicy, fruity uh, double IPA. Um, you can't really taste the alcohol again um, on this one because it's at 8.4. Can't taste it. Uh, this nice. is going to be finished very quickly. Mm. And then we'll see where me and Ben are at the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, what was the what was the percentage of yours? A 7.1. 25. No, it was a 7.1, <laughs> my first one was an 8.4. So I'm, oh, yeah. so you're I'm doing well, yeah. Two in a row. Um, mm. So this stout, the, the nose is, is actually quite quite malty. Um, you can t- definitely smell the alcohol. Um, sort of that, 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 that strong stout makes sense. It's an extra stout. Um, it's black as all hell. Mm. Mm-hmm. As you'd imagine. Yeah, no light bleed on that at all from the looks of it. Um, and actually, there's... The, that maltiness um, is... You get that burnt maltiness, but it's not too strong. And mm-hmm. so it, it's almost... You don't notice sort of that burnt malt, sort of that stout, that strong stoutiness until everything else is faded. So until the finish, then you're like, oh, there it is. Mm. And I think it's probably a question of um, just the strength of the stout that, that you don't... like That the sort of sweetness and the alcoholiness is covering the four and the mid taste so you don't notice the the like in your face malt um i will say this uh it's made me realize that there's almost an aniseed um licorice note to the cardinal wolf hmm. when i was tasting that sort of sweetness and that um quote-unquote maltiness now that i'm having a like full in your face malty stout i'm realizing that wasn't quite accurate and the cardinal okay. wolf had it, it was a bit more licorice than sort of straight malt because there this is the sort of sweetness and coffee roastedness is much more um, prevalent hmm. um having said that it finishes a little wet which is dangerous mm-hmm. <laughs> um this is i wouldn't believe it's a seven percent stout like it's just it's actually quite light yeah again you have this roastedness character but it's not like really burnt like it's not it's it's a burnt roasted character, but it's very light. 
just mm-hmm. straight it's just weak right so you could easily just drink more and more of this to sort of keep a hold of that character which i think is the central note is this is is that that roasted malt um okay. and the rest sort of plays out around it the sweetness is very minimal um yeah mm. Uh, it is interesting that the sweetness also stays till the end. It's just sort of a nice, it's a very thin layer the whole way through. Uh, I would have it, thought it would have sort of been there in the beginning and disappeared, but it's still a little there in the in the finish. But has overall, it got it's any, just, has it got any lactose in it? Or? No, it doesn't actually. No, okay. Or well, I say that hmm. from the the little I know hmm. of Dutch, it doesn't seem like <laughs> it. <laughs> Although it does have uh, sugar in it. Well, specifically in the ingredients, so I think they yeah. must have added more because that's usually not in the ingredient lists. Yeah, the the but. only reason I knew the uh, the stat from Tiny Revel had lactose in it was because it. I see lactusia. I don't know what <laughs> language that is, but yeah, it looks like lactose to me. Lactusia. Yeah, that's Sounds interesting because like. uh, so so this Tiny Revel in Welsh. Yeah, but but you know how all these beers have different... depend on where they're distributed to. Yeah, yeah. So you have different languages. Mm. I'm going to say it's Swahili, because there <laughs> you go. Well, it's I know definitely a not. Little, um, Swahili. Swahili. I know Simba. <laughs> Which means? Rafiki and um, Mufasa. Oh, what does Rafiki mean? I don't know what any of these mean. Come oh, on, Simba, <laughs> Simba literally means lion. Rafiki yeah. means friend. Okay, yeah. Yeah. What Asante Sana. Uh, Something sana, sana means squash, thank you. Banana. Yeah, so he's literally saying thank you, squash mean. banana. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, oh dear, I've got all the joys of Disney films to look forward to. Let's not oh. get into it now. Oh, Come on, Lion King's so amazing. Jealous. Such a good film. Yeah. Although I love how they're hold making on, a live action on. one, which is just stop, CGI. Stop the presses! Are you actually saying you're not in looking forward to watching Disney films with E? You actually saying that? Yes. You know Star Wars is Stop a Disney film, Stop the podcast film, right? right now. No, yes, Star Wars is a Disney film. That's I'm very going. true, yes. I'm you going. know what else is a Disney film? I'm sorry. I can't, <laughs> I can't, be, I can't be in the presence of this monster anymore. <laughs> I watched them. I watched them as a kid, you know? <laughs> this monster. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> First of all, one of the best games of all time is Aladdin for the Sega Genesis, and that's a Disney game. Really yeah. best games of all time. Yeah, as far as nostalgia <laughs> um, goes, it's great. Okay, fair I played a lot with my sisters. And, we all uh, loved it. It was the right game. level. It was still mm. super fucking hard. We it used was really cheat codes and still couldn't get that yes. hot far. Yeah, you that, throw that apples. You can hold ninety nine apples. The magic carpet volcano level was. Oh god, yeah. yeah. You remember Let's Hercules? Um, that wasn't yes, a volcano, you idiot. That was the <laughs> Cave of Wonders after a boom yes. touched the red lots of stone. There's lots of fire there and fireballs. Remember Chip and Dale. I love that. Anyway, carry on. Anyway, computer games, video games. I was going to say, I thought that was a good segue to computer games, and you just dismiss me and then say computer games. I already got us to video games. He's like, speaking of video games would have been a better segue. Thanks. Thanks. Lucy. too late. Yes. You've been playing a game. Oh, wait. Is it it a pink game for girls? Yeah, it's a very pink game for girls. (gasps) It's called Hello Kitty Magical Island. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> cool full disclosure I did actually play one of those Hello Kitty games it was on Mobile? like PS2 I oh. think my little cousin had it and I borrowed it for some reason oh yeah but anyway that was a long time ago in a galaxy far far away 
Yeah. Still Disney Speaking, Universe, though. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I've been playing a few games. Um, one of which was Tacoma. Oh. A.K.A. Gone Home in Space. <laughs> <laughs> is that really what it is? So, uh, yeah. So I, I know that I know for a fact that you own this game on multiple platforms, I and you do. had a bit of a wavering on which platform to play. I thought that might be an interesting yeah. way to talk about the game because you had a very strong opinion that you didn't expect. Mm. I, I I bought it on Xbox when it first came out. Uh, was it August two thousand? It was last year, wasn't it? Last year, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, bought it on Xbox. I I love Gone Home. I think that's one of the best games from a game design uh, perspective. That's been one of the, in the last few years. I think it still qualifies as a news game, a narrative exploration yes. walking simulator. Yeah, um, is that what it, we're calling them there? That's what. I, that, yeah, this not, was not, not um, in the this was definitely playing game. Sorry. Not a stroll playing game. No, ben and I came up with news, and news. we we were, we were saying it was great. Episode XX, whatever you want to call it. But we're like <laughs> the problem with Walking Simulator as a title was that like it didn't really get across the narrative part, and mm. we're like, oh yeah, narrative exploration's better. If only we could come up with if there was an acronym that yeah. really made sense of these. And then we realized like mid episode, oh, that literally N E W S is. A very famous acronym, and we were just <laughs> turfing around there. And it's the Cardinal Directions. It's great. They're news oh, games. Yeah. I think I think that's that's pretty good. We're pretty great. We're yeah. smart fuckers. That's well why done. you joined us. Well done, you two. Yeah. Well yeah. Done. Thanks. But um, yeah. I, I when I think of Gone Home, I always think of not I'm not going to get into Gone Home too much. But I don't. I mean, the narrative's nice. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's not something that. You know, resonated with me as much as some people, which is fine. But um, it, I always think of that game in terms of game design. Mm. Um, how it so, moves you through the environment. Yeah, and how it's kind of like Metroidvania, and how yes, and how it's just it's just so perfect in terms of its well, it's one big level really, but it's level design and. You know, mm-hmm. and progression. visual cues and progression yeah. and everything like that. I just think it's a masterpiece in that way. Um, but yeah, Tacoma has gone home in space. I mean, I th- it's it's hard to come off a game like Gone Home, which was just such a stalwart in like kind of the indie scene, and that set off this um, whole, you know, I don't know, movement of. News games or walking simulators, the or news role playing games. Yes, the news revolution. Um, also, and all the fake find news. A really bad news <laughs> game and call it fake news. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it, it's hard to recreate that magic with a second game. Um, it's still made by Fulbright, so their second mm. game. Um, but yeah, it's a bit more ambitious in the fact that it's set in space and um, the story is probably a bit longer. I think Gone Home can be completed in like an hour and a half, two hours. Uh, this game's yeah. probably a little bit longer, about right? three, four hours. And the mechanics are, you know, more... They, they, they do a lot more with the mechanics in um, Tacoma because it's basically you are a contractor going up to a abandoned spaceship and the crew's gone. Um, the spaceship is abandoned, so you're trying to figure out what actually went 
went More down there and see what yeah, what happened there. And the way in which you do that is you go to the different parts of the spaceship and you have these kind of um, simulated memories of like the silhouettes of each of the uh, crew members. And yeah. you can... Uh, it's basically like recorded scenes with their silhouettes and you can right. scrub through the footage and um, basically look for and listen to uh, specific things in the narrative um, and through that you understand the relationships the characters have with each other and the happenings on the ship at different points in time right. and so that kind of system it's really interesting it's really well implemented and it's really easy to pick up as well which i wasn't expecting but um but yeah and i'm not going to go too much into the narrative i think it's very much a game that should be experienced for the narrative uh, rather than the gameplay um but yeah i i, I was satisfied with the uh, story um I think the thing with Gone Home is uh, I don't want to get too into it, even though it's a five-year-old, six-year-old game at this point. Oh, but it's so good. If, if, yeah, it's, yeah, so it's good. hard to want to spoil it when because yeah, people haven't exactly. played it, they really should, and they should yeah. sort of play it blind. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's sort of like it's not what you're expecting from the narrative. It's mm-hmm. not what you're expecting. You go in thinking it's one kind of genre, and it comes out, it's like, oh no, it's a different kind of genre entirely. It's mm. sort of like um, uh, Doki Mario Doki Literature Galaxy. Club. Yes, Mario Galaxy and Doki Doki Literature Club uh, that I, I, came out I was, last year. I couldn't remember what their latest Mario game was, <laughs> and I was like, Mario Odyssey. Galaxy, no, that's, that's the exactly, one, Odyssey it? is exactly what you think, it's just a 3D platformer. Yeah, anyway. Um, it, Doki it, Doki, it, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, and I, I liked, in Tacoma, I liked the, um, how the narrative went and how the characters interacted with each other and... The twists and the the things that you realise when you actually look into, um, like audio logs and look into like things in the environment and it's like oh damn that happened it's like in in gone home you can miss so much yeah subtext if you don't look at things and you it's like oh this is a happy family Mm -hmm. it's like "Mm, maybe it's not unless you look at it but um yeah i really enjoyed that part of tacoma and i think Mm. it's a really solid game nothing's ever going to come close to how Gone Home set the world on fire, but I think this is a very solid effort from so, for, so, for Bright. I mean, there's the question of Gone Home was sort of the first mm-hmm. in in a movement. Um, and are you saying that's why Gone Home is sort of a more fulfilling experience for you than Tacoma? Or are yeah. you also or are you also saying that like given what we know like oh god ceteris paribus all things all other things being equal sorry i've been doing a lot of actual work on garbage and reading academic papers all day um all things being equal um gone home is still a better game than tacoma or are you saying that gone home just has this special place because it was the first or yeah. i don't know but tacoma's I, still a pretty good go I, I honestly couldn't say because like gone home i I came into Steam game really late. I, I think Gone Home was like one of the first games I bought on Steam. And that was like 2012 or something. Good like. lord! Yeah, I know. Late in the game, I was at uni doing other things with my time. Whippets. What? <laughs> Did you not do move whippets on, in going. university? Don't, don't, don't worry. Just, just move on. <laughs> no, I, I'm a good. Who doesn't girl. do whippets in your? I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Uh, I went to to uni this this um, turn of the uh, century. Spray whipped cream. (laughs) That's the easiest form uh, access to nitrous oxide. Yeah. My God, Tacoma. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, yeah. So, no, I didn't. Gone home was the university steam for you. Sorry, yes, yes, (laughs) and um, I've completely lost my train. Ben, you've done whippets, right? You're you're the right age to have whippeted. No, really? I've never taken whipped cream with my drugs before. No, no, no. You're not using the whipped cream. Stays in the bottle. The gas. What's the point um, of it? Sorry. So what's the point of having whipped cream? No, let's not talk about this no. now. <laughs> Tacoma versus <laughs> Gone Home. We'll talk Spray, about this after the podcast. Spray whipped cream. I, I no. has a gas no. in it that whips the cream yeah. as you use it. Most mm. of them use nitrous oxide, such that you can abuse nitrous oxide by keeping the can in a certain orientation so only the gas escapes and you inhale it right away and it knocks you flat. I did know someone who had like an actual tank of nitrous oxide under like their yeah. bed. But so this is a way no, of doing I, I that when you don't girl, have I stuck that. To Makes it go really fast. Also, to be clear, um, I've only done whippets a couple of times. I mean, never. <laughs> just, just, just now, <laughs> 20 minutes ago. No, no. <laughs> I have mostly just alcohol these days and not even yes. a lot of it. Mm. Um, so yes, boring Tacoma. old man. Tacoma is great because it's like whippets in space. That, that's yeah. what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Should we move on then? Uh, uh, we go j- just quickly, else? what Adil was referring to uh, initially. I I bought on Xbox. <laughs> I I didn't want to play it on Xbox because it's it's more of a PC game. You know, reading. Yeah. You know, mm. audio. Listen to audio logs. Reading little excerpts, and it's like. I want to play this on PC, and he graciously gifted me a PC code. Oh, played it on PC, and then I went to Xbox and speed ran it on there and got 100% of the achievements. Done. So you played it on nice. both, or you gave up on the PC? No, I, I finished it on PC. Um, oh, so that's what I wasn't sure with about. With a controller, so it's like it's just pointless anyway. I, I'm just a weird person who likes yeah. to play games and something. Well, no, I was, so why I asked that wasn't mm. so that you would be refer to my gracious giving you of my humble bundle code. Um, <laughs> was actually just, I was curious because you seemed pretty, at the beginning you seemed like, I don't think I'll play this on Xbox. And then the mm. next time you reported back was... Oh yeah, I, I 100%ed it on on Xbox. What I didn't realize was you initially first completed it on PC, and then having done that, you 100%ed it on Xbox. That makes a lot yeah. more sense. Like, well, it only took me half an hour to get through all the achievements on Xbox, and that's why I replay- I played it. Oh, on Xbox I see. Yeah, you're, you, yeah. you, I yeah. keep forgetting you're an achievement hunter. Uh, not really, but when I can spend half an hour and get a hundred, I mean, when, I mean why play Monster Hunter it, World yeah. when you can play Achievement Hunter Xbox? Mm, yeah. It's like, it's like I finished Rhyme. Nothing. I don't know if you want to talk about that, Ben, but I finished oh. Rhyme. I was like, oh, I'm not going to... I went I went back after I finished it for like 15 minutes just to collect some achievements, the easy ones. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know what, that's it. That's I'm done. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I can't remember what, what we said on the last episode, but yeah, I did do a second playthrough and mm-hmm. get, all of the, get all of the trophies. All the things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Except yeah. which. But uh, just quickly, I'll just reiterate your thoughts on rhyme then it's like mm. it's a very relaxing game it's i thought it was fantastic to be honest and i'm wondering why people didn't speak about it more last year um yeah. i'm disappointed that i missed mm. the window I've, I've been a month off of um 
PlayStation Plus and I didn't even mm. notice that my subscription expired because yeah. I hadn't been on PlayStation Plus and I missed the free game. Yeah. Mate, you'll get it in a humble deal soon yeah. enough, don't worry. But yeah, I, I thought it was a fantastic game. I liked this, the um, the art style, the mm-hmm. the grandiose scale of everything. Yeah. The, the music was really evocative. Um, you can see the uh, developers like Spanish roots just come, mm. you know, just exude out of that game. I thought it was, yes. I think it was a really fantastic game. The um, I'm surprised it didn't get higher reviews. You know, I mean, like, I don't know if the um, technical issues were that much of a problem at launch because I did well, realize some slowdown in even did, on Xbox did. One X. Yeah, mm. Mm. I, I think. I mean, uh, for me. I don't think I touched on it last time because you hadn't played it yet. And Adult, when you do play it, probably won't be for a while, so you'll have forgotten about this. But that ending absolutely destroyed me. Yeah, I I was like... Because I didn't collect many of the collectibles throughout the game, and usually Mm -hmm. collectibles in this kind of game, the kind of single signal, like, kind of the story beats. Yeah. So then, you know, adding extra to your surroundings and playing through the Mm -hmm. story, but yeah, then, Jesus... I was like, was not expecting that at yeah, all. I was, I was like, in, like just, just sat there, just weeping to myself. Yeah. At the ending, yeah. just like, I did not expect yeah. this at no. all. And and that's so uh, powerful as well. It's yeah. like, how come people did not like this game more? I don't understand. What was it that people gave this like sevens for? It's like this is a nine out of ten game for me. I'd agree. Yeah, yeah I'd agree completely. Mm. And I just listened yeah. to the soundtrack whilst I was at work today, and I was like, "This is beautiful." Yeah, nice. I, I, I rarely do that with games because I'm just weirdo. But um, this is games. one of the soundtracks that I'll probably be downloading. Mm. That's very cool. Yeah. Nice, nice. Shall we move on from nice, relaxing experiences from news games to talk about the other side of video games? What? Which is. Pure, unadulterated violence, which causes you to go out and destroy oh, wow. everything in your topic. path quite clearly. That's a topic. Before we go to the topic, I just want to say one thing about... I talked about Zenga, uh, yeah. the mobile oh, game, yes. um, uh, a few weeks back. I finished it uh, last night, and um, I was quite... Did it cause you to be violent? No, it, it no. caused me to be sad. Actually, um, so I had spoken about the game right when um, sort of there were a few different um, ways of manipulating the puzzle, the pieces to form the puzzle in the right spot yeah. of the screen. And I was quite um, happy with that. And throughout the last, I'll say, third of the game, there were actually a couple more ways to manipulate pieces. Like, for example, um so again, uh, the pieces travel on specific tracks, uh, which have sort of nodes, right? So the, there's a piece, and in, in it is a dot, and that dot will move to the next dot on a track, and the next dot on a track. So sort of, and so sometimes you have to manipulate things so they have the right orientation to dock with other pieces, and then whatever one of those nodes will become the central node, and that'll be what determines how it maneuvers. And that gave a lot of different, a lot of flexibility, and that sort of that two thirds moment felt like, oh, there's Every time they add another um, layer, it means there's like you don't have to figure out how to manipulate things, sort of juggle all these mechanics at the same time. Mm -hmm. And the last third involved things like um, sort of specific gating. So, like some of the nodes would be outlined in colors, and then there'd be other nodes which have a sort of 
outline of that color, so you'd have to move the red piece, the piece that had red around its central node, to the node that had red around it, such that it created a red square, and that unlocked, basically, uh, a, a trajectory for other paths that was red, that would only be open when the red piece was on the red sort of node, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was really cool in a way of like, so, you know, certain pieces had to be put in the right space for, in the right order to move things around, but was really frustrating. And I actually like want to rescind part of my recommendation for this game mm-hmm. was the fact that the last, these, these last few mechanics, there was a couple others, but like the, were, were basically done with the rest of the game. Like it was just like a reset, like, there was no layering uh, anymore, so just oh, just, just like complex for complexity's right. sake. So no, it was just like oh, forget all those other no, yeah. forget these other ways you had to like move and flip and rotate things. Oh, now see. it's just a color gating game where you yeah. where there's a logical order that you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to do this and then okay, that's done. And so mm-hmm. in that like the near the two thirds mark, I had to sort of like really think about things. Like I had at each mm-hmm. level had a, a moment where I was like. What do I do now? And that last third, it was like almost one a couple times where I was like, oh, I did the wrong thing, but I just move things back, move things forward, done. Like it was so rote that it made yeah. me yeah. disappointed in the entire experience. That's a shame. And so yeah. if you haven't picked it up, I guess my recommendation is as long as you're okay with sort of that two-thirds of the game at that price level being okay because that last third – was introducing new mechanics by themselves that just kind of made That's it... That's a shame. Yeah, it yeah. was it was really let down. And then one of the things it did do that was nice was when I was done, mm-hmm. it played... So, again, each level was like putting pieces together that were part of a whole a bigger picture. And yeah. so... Um, and each sort of picture was a frame and a story. And so at the end, it actually went through every single level to give you that story in sort of in, oh, in a okay. row. Yeah. And the only problem with that was I wasn't touching the screen, so my phone timed out constantly with <laughs> that replay. So, <laughs> but like yeah. it, that was a really nice touch. But I, I kind of I was like I'm already I'm I'm so annoyed at this last like couple of yeah this last sixteen I, levels. I we'll when, say that yeah. I don't want to see the story. I, I like that's just more time wasted of mine because I felt so disenfranchised by the new mechanics because they were never layered with the old mechanics. I hate it when games do that. They just introduce new things right at the end for no apparent reason. It's like, is this just because you didn't want to put this on the you know cutting room floor when when you were making the yeah, game. Yeah, to be Maybe honest, I would have been happier with yeah. the couple of quid for the game to the two thirds level, sort of like like yeah, where mm. things were layered and I figured out how to do things and there was some flipping and rotating and docking in the right order and then it, and then it was over. And as soon as that sort of all those dynamics died off, it was just like here's some new dynamics that could be a sequel, the start of a sequel because it started so basically and never went past basic. So, it's a bit pointless. Yeah, yeah. and so I wanted to bring that up before we went to something else because um, because it was I was pretty glowing before and I, and it, it, yes. I'm not that yeah. way now and I don't I think it's only fair to people listening to for them to hear the whole story. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. good. That's anyway, a good point to, to to bring up definitely. Yeah, a shame though. I guess I guess there was enough anger that I kind of felt a little violent, but not really. <laughs> mm, good. And a massive shame. The actual topic that we're going to talk about is is sort of the biggest shame. Oh, Jesus Christ. Where do we start? 
Um, so there was a, a, a something very awful happened in America, and <laughs> sorry, uh, it just that could be said every two weeks. Well, that, yes, every that's day. very true. Yeah. However, uh, a a boogeyman for these sorts of things, and something that that comes up quite frequently. In, in correlation to these things is violence in video games. I mean, by uh, that you mean um, Mr. President, the POTUS himself. Um, well, yeah, I wasn't, wasn't going to call him that. Yeah, but he, but that he tweeted about, like, within a couple of days about in violence in video games. Yes, yes. Uh, th- it's not the first time he's tweeted about violence in video games. From what I've been reading, it's something that he'd been speaking about before he was in office. I was saying, this is the first time in office like and in the face of a tragedy, which makes it stronger. Um, yes. Than, than, I mean, he tweeted, he tweeted at length about Obama's birth certificate before he was in office. Like, it, it's, a, it's a different ball game now, yeah, especially completely. when there are some significant calls from the American public about gun um, reform. Yes. And, and he used the standard scapegoat oh. that has been disproved time and again. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, th- I think we should just give some context, just in case people yeah. are listening way in the future. I don't know why you'd listen at all, but anyway. Parkland. <laughs> it's, uh, it's from the uh, shooting in Florida yeah. at, yep. the, um, at the school. And... <laughs> The, the, I wish um, that was enough the, context the to put them in the right year and yeah, month. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Um, the one in the, 2018. It's ridiculous to scoff that that <laughs> yeah. is actually a fucking joke. Mm. But it's not, it, At this yeah. point. Yeah. But, but, but they, yeah. Just, but well, they well, found well, that well, the perpetrator well, played video yeah. games. Yeah. Yes. Oh, dear. Uh, except someone except, he, he played video games. Let's just completely blame video games and his his want to play video games on his his actions on his mindset obviously mm. he's been playing call of duty that's that's you know uh, we, we we will get into this in a moment but one of the people that are at a meeting which we'll talk about in a moment uh, had dubbed the term murder simulator oh, to what? talk about uh, <laughs> video games uh, so <laughs> sorry let's, yeah, yeah i know i know Right, so Donald Trump, the D, the D has um, the big D has been <laughs> talking about this. He's been tweeting about violence in video games, and he has decided that he was going to hold a meeting between video game executives and himself and other people that are related to the government, I suppose, um, to talk about violence in video games, how it's affecting children, and what can be done about it. And this is something that is actually happening. Uh, today on the 8th yeah. on the 8th of March and Donald Trump has invited basically or maybe he maybe invited lots of other people but only two decided to go we're not sure about that the White House and and you know we're in the UK Americans can do what the fuck they like they can fuck off but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the White was, House uh, ju- are very just, reticent just, in the information that just they just to that it's like before you continue sorry it's like People do get, you know, a bit wound up when other people are talking about yeah, other they do. people, other countries' politics. I mean, fair enough. But this is also America's one of the biggest exporters of video games. Yeah. Yep. Along with Japan. And this could potentially affect everyone, and that's why we're talking about it. So. I agree. And I'm 
in no way a nationalist. I think I'm a human that lives on the world that should be fucking discussed as such. Anyway, um, Donald Trump has invited people, and two people that are going are uh, executives from two big publishers. Uh, you've got Strauss Zelniak, who is the CEO of Take Two, yep. which is interesting because they uh, own Rockstar, which make GTA, the, yep. the, uh, the evil game. Obviously, the evil, the evil franchise of video games, mm-hmm. uh, but also Robert Altman, who's chairman and CEO of Zenimax Media, which who own Bethesda, which have made Doom, yeah. possibly the most violent video game ever made. Also, so hilarious that his name is Robert Altman, but he's not Robert Altman of film fame. No, he's just well, a shout out to Robert Altman, who's not Robert Altman. <laughs> uh, and, and an interesting side note: Donald Trump's brother is on the board of executives of Zenimax as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so um, another person going along is also the oh god he's part of the ESA the Entertainment Software Association. Yep. They're the trade group for the industry. There you go, and the ESRB, which is responsible for age ratings on titles. So he's kind of he's kind of in the right area of people that he sort of should be speaking to. But maybe just having that small it's sample small of people sample, isn't yeah. quite enough. But it's not just that. The, on the other side, sitting with Donald Trump, uh, uh, I'm not going to read these people, they're fucking absurd, but um, <laughs> actually, I'll, I'll read one, I'll read one. It's the guy who coined the term murder simulator. Yeah. So joining them will be Dave Grossman. He's a, a, a long-time critic of video games, and he actually wrote a book called Assassination Generation, yeah. Yeah. Video Games, Aggression, and the Psychology of Killing, and uh, the article that um, I had been reading from Fortune, uh, points out very, very well that Grossman is not a psychiatrist nor a psychologist. So, you know, what he's doing on the actual writing a book about that is... Yeah. You know, who knows? I could write... Anyone can write anything about what they want. That's fair enough. The the funny thing is, is that um, a lot of things that are associated with video games and violence are not being nearly enough studies to confirm that kind of relationship and even with things that are purportedly you know that video games do well which we'd all all like to believe there's not even enough studies for that either so Mm -hmm. to coin like um supposed evidence that and studies in fact they don't even that that's the audacity of some of these uh you know congressmen and politicians they say this is that, and they have no concrete evidence for that. No, not at all. At all, and that's what's all. shocking. Yeah, it is. So these people are meeting to discuss violence in video games and the effect it has on young people. You know, probably be a good idea if they had some young people there. That yeah. might be might hmm. be the first you know stop I would take in bringing people on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I might actually bring you know, some other people in as well, not CEOs or executives of companies who make who, video games, exactly. who, 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 who maybe who don't actually make video games. They, they market work out them. how the company should be run. Yeah. And who's They're probably gonna, not that into yeah. how the actual games are being made. And anyway. who are going to benefit financially anyway. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but this meeting's going to happen, and who knows what the outcome's going to be? Who knows what they're actually going to discuss? Yeah. Oh, it'll be. But it, I it's thought for, just a posturing thing, though, right? Oh, yeah, we all know yeah, that. Yeah. Very much, very much. <laughs> but I thought for us, it might be interesting to 
to talk about violence in video games and this this kind of almost comes off the back of us playing Rhyme, a game which has zero violence. Zero violence in it. Um, Apart from that damn bird say, in chapter two. It's interesting that this week, I mean, by chance, I think bird. that none of us have really <laughs> talked about violent video games. Mm. Tacoma, Gone Home, Rhyme, Zenga, like they're all games, yep. but they're not violent. And and, and the only what game that Ben mentioned was fucking Assassin's Creed Origins colon education mode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very true. Yes, yes. A violent video game toned down yeah. um, to bring you an educational experience. I think the big problem here is that there's there's just there's ample studies, there's science involved. And, I, I was and, actually saying that there's not enough studies to prove that videos video games cause violence there's just not no it's it but it's the other way isn't it there, also, there are ample studies that but that, there are plenty of studies that show that there is no significant impact no and there, correlation there's even studies yeah, that yeah, show that it's it's a it's a healthy release that keeps people less angry because they can take things out in in virtual worlds instead of yeah, the real I, world there I are mean, positive I, studies I'd, about I'd these things there's that. no negative ones I'd agree with that but I was also saying there's not enough studies that are happening I mean if they really were so, concerned about the fact oh, that so video I, games I think, cause violence. There'd be there'd be more studies. About I, I, this, think, I think surely. I think that, that that's a bit of a misnomer because the people who bring this up time and time again ignore the fact that some studies exist. They pretend like yeah, but that's that, some. It's like it's not. It's not on. I mean, you know, to quantify, you know, with with, with these kind of samples and you know studies as such as that, it's it's hard to do when there's. I must disagree. There's not a lot of studies that happen that are targeting is violence correlated to video games. Is video uh, so I, I have to disagree. That I think there are quite oh. a few studies, and I think mm. at some point we will just get to the point where we're just doing studies because people say there's not enough studies. Do I think we're at that point? No. So I, I, I yeah. grant your point that like there could be more studies. But at the same time, when all of the studies that are show either neutral or positive benefit, mm. then these talking points, the fact that these talking points exist shows us that it's not the number of studies. They're not saying, yeah. th there's not an argument of there's something wrong with the way this study was done or whatever. It's the fact that no matter how many studies are done, people are going to say, well, this is violent, and I see violence. And oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, mean, part of my that, like, argument like, was that they're not even quoting any studies. No, I mean, that's the one exactly or two the thing. It's, it's just, <laughs> it's not based on science. It, like, I, I mean, I'm not surprised mm. that Trump just decides in his head, I see violence and violence, so therefore it's violence. But I'm curious mm. whether he actually monitors, like, Barron's video games. Um, I'm sure he doesn't. No, definitely not. But it, it's it's. I mean, but it's a, a it's, a, it's an easy scapegoat kind of... because it's a, it's going to be an esoteric um, connection. Exactly. And yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the the thing is, is that yeah, as you said, it's posturing. It's just puffing your chest out and saying, "Oh, well, this is the problem. Not anything to do with mental health issues or like mm. gun laws. Or just the obscene amount of guns in my country. Because guess yeah. what? The rest of the world has the Play same access to games. violent video games. Yet we don't yeah. have all these bad, angry, 
uh, isolated incidences yeah. of yeah. mentally yeah. ill people and shooting it's, it's, people. It's kind of that, but it's that it's blame culture, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah, and it's but the it's idea like, that, get, that get, it's happened that. to movies thought, previously. It's happened yeah. to books previously. It's just that Burn video the games books. are the it's exactly video Burn games the video are the games. Uh, the most modern <laughs> form of entertainment yeah. that this can be blamed on. And okay, you can kind of suggest possibly that video games are. A more active form of entertainment rather than a passive form of entertainment. You're actually doing something, mm. yes, and maybe I'm, you know, I'm trying to play Devil's Advocate a little bit, but maybe <laughs> that most AAA games, most of the games that are pushed to people that are advertised, uh, uh, that have the big budgets behind them, violence makes up ninety percent of the mechanic. Yeah. within the game and everything revolves around you you know performing some kind of violence towards something however as we've been saying not everybody goes out and performs a violent no. act well, because oh. they've been playing has, a video no, game a very very other, small yeah. amount of people ha- uh, do this whether they play video games whether they've watched a movie whether they've read a book they go out and yeah. they perform a violent act. There are other and inherent problems. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, exactly. So, I mean, if I was playing Devil's Advocate, I would say to you, Ben, even if that was the case, unless you'd show me why these people, these these sort of, sort of on-the-edge people aren't tipped by the violence of video games, then there's still sure. a problem. There are studies that show that this doesn't seem to be the case. Yes. That that's a neutral impact. I don't have a good one to quote, and I don't know how in-depth they are. And that, I think, is the gap that Lucy is pointing out. I think it's it, it, it has to be that deep. It has to be... I mean, and that's going to be hard to design, but we have to actually ask, do does violence and... Does access to violence in any pop culture um, form tip the scales for people who are this troubled even if it does though what we should be concentrating is on is finding and helping people who are this troubled because guess what how you get this troubled mm. is a manageable thing yeah yeah right like even yeah. if you have a predilection to psychopathy psychopathy yeah there we go um yep usually you also need a poor upbringing blah 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 like it, it's 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 a complicated it's nuanced yeah. issue and mm-hmm. any Band-aid slash one-factor um, pointing solution is wrong. It's just it's wrong yeah. because it's not that easy. Yeah, and it's like I understand the posture, and people have to make out, you know, as if there's ah, a people have to over make here. Out. They don't have to, boy, do they love doing it. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> make <laughs> love, not not war. But um, yeah, exactly right. Y- you know, I mean, you know, it's like. The same same issues over here. I mean, Westminster could be on fire, and they're just like everything's fine. And it's like they're just you know diverting attention over to one thing, and mm. I understand that. And it's like you know, you know we're used to it. It happened in the nineties, happened in two thousands. Think of the hot coffee thing with GTA, for example. <laughs> yeah. It's like it happens all over. You know, it, it comes it comes around like you know every leap year. So it's like it's fine. But it's what's scary is the fact that. <sighs> That, that people believe in it, especially in a time now when there's such a proliferation of like fake news and yeah. you know the proclivity to of you know just people just to just take what has been said as fact without mm. even fact checking it themselves mm. and 
you know, there's probably a hundred people, a hundred millions of people retweeting Trump's, Trump saying, yes, video games cause violence. It's the fact that people, especially, you know, people of young kids, um, for example, I mean, there's a whole la di da about Fortnite and that corrupting your children, etc. right now. Yeah. It's the fact that they're starting to believe it, especially in a time well, like this, when news can just be, fake news can just be spread yeah. out so easily. Unsubstantiated facts can be that, sent but, out, but also... Um, what hopefully will come out of this Trump meeting is, hey, maybe we should actually pay attention to age restrictions that are already being done. Like, the problem mm. is that, like, what needs to be done is done. Like, mm. telling people which are super violent and when you are a young child who has a shapeable mind, this might be too much. All these things the video game industry has a sensibly fucking figured out. It's just that there's no not a guarantee that the ten year old won't get a twelve A game and then the mom will be pissed that he's being argumentative, violent, um like so we weren't gonna talk about it but I'll, I mean Lucy pointed at it so yeah uh, in the UK there's a parent who's been on the news talking about how her 10 year old child is playing Fortnite a 12a game and when she tries to get him off of it he gets really aggressive and it's hard for her, her to handle how strongly he wants to play the game first of all he's a 10 year old kid of course he wants to do the thing he wants to do because at 10 years old you're still struggling with your concept of ego versus other people's egos existing because you're mm. formative secondly yeah. it's a fucking 12a game you don't get to go on the news and tell people this is destructive because i'm having a problem trouble parenting when i've already failed at parenting yes like i, I i'm sorry but like do I think she's struggling? Yes. Do I think that he might have, even on a non-12A game, he might still be like this? Yes. But you definitely don't have any ground to fucking say anything when you are admitting that this is a, he is too young for this game, and when he plays this game, he seems exceptionally difficult for you to handle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah completely. Uh, I mean, I didn't I didn't want to bring this up because... It's a different thing. Because of that exact yeah. reason. No, not because it's a different thing. It kind of is... It's spurned out of yeah, yeah, but, but it's a different thing. angle. But but it's, it is a different angle. But it's it's very clear-cut that the woman let her underage child play a game that was too old for them and has then made a case right. against the game. So her case can be instantly thrown right. out. Not only that she said, do you want to come and cook dinner with me? Obviously, the most thrilling fucking thing for a 10-year-old to want to do versus playing a video game. Yeah. Reality is a fucking bitch. Yeah. And it's hard for some people to understand that their children, not even their children, even people of our age, people in their late 20s, early 30s... Oh, bless you. Technology is integrated in society so much now that maybe the generation previously... And this is not everyone. I'm, I'm not tiring everyone with the same brush whatsoever. But some people, and they're probably the people that are the most outspoken about this, just just don't get it. Get it. Yeah. They yeah. just don't get it. Yeah. Can, can I? And that's fine. No, you don't you have can't. to get it. But wait until your pink can, beer can, is can, served. Can, <laughs> don't I, stop. Stop having children. Can, can, <laughs> yeah, Lucy. Stop having play, children. Yeah, my my triplets are 
here waiting for me, yes. But, uh, <laughs> Wait, are can, those can are I... three just Xbox controllers, controllers I assume? <laughs> yes. Or just Xbox consoles. Anyway, because I have... The three one, Xbox the con- consoles? Well, 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 I have I have an X and an S sitting right here. And yeah, that's two. The other one is. But, yeah, there's another one. Anyway... What's I the other like one? De- the, the original Xbox One. Any, anyway, you have an Xbox One, One X, and a One S? I have all the S's and the X's and the ones and the twos and the. Also, fives. if they don't come out with an Xbox E, so they can make you can have an Xbox E yes. S E X, then and I will line them up in that way. I Absolutely. didn't realize you had three yes. X bones. I that's, that's not worry about this. Yes. No, I'm I, I worried. I, 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 <laughs> you should be. You should see how many controllers I've got. Like, 20. oh, I know you had like a million controllers, but at least there's like some aesthetic <laughs> and functional difference. <laughs> Yeah, so if the consoles. But no, anyway. there's no reason to have an original One X or One when you have a One X and a One S. Yeah, but I got the One first, and then the S, and then the X. Yeah, but you could sell them. You could send. No, you could post one to Ben consoles. so he could experience Xbox culture. No, he's I'm a fine, PS fanboy. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm right, selling thanks. my Xbox yeah, One yeah. actually. But, no, <sighs> I'll talk about that later. I need someone to play a way out with. Anyway. To play Devil's Advocate, because I, I truly believe Well, you put the DVD into well. your, one of your X-Bones, and then you hit play, <laughs> which I think is X. <laughs> I truly believe this about video games nowadays. Stuff like Fortnite, um, especially stuff like, you know, I don't know, Call of Duty, whatever. Regardless mm. of the age of your child, um, I mean, people our age. I mean, oh I don't want to get into the whole loot box thing, because... Yep. I'm yeah, not. I'm thing. not. I'm not against loot boxes. Oh, I am. But, but there is a case to be made that video games nowadays, especially games of services, want to keep you involved. Yeah. Yeah. Do I mean? It's clear that like people like Blizzard, they hire psychologists to yeah. make sure all the right. Bells are ringing and this and that to keep how, people engaged. How do I make sure dopamine happens so that you will exactly? Continue. Yeah, so I do believe there is a case to. I mean, <laughs> the way people go about it is like, oh, my child's addicted to this and that, it's this and that. It's like, well, so were like pinball machines and you know arcade machines way back in oh, the day. Also, it's only, you, it's only you can't pretend like you now, have no because... ability to 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 shape what your child has access to. Oh, exactly. you've absconded that? Like, you've just decided that you don't need to worry about that, and now your child is in a shit place? And <laughs> instead of saying, oh, I need to crack down, you're going to blame the thing that you were like, this will do babysitting for me? Fuck you. Mm. There's parental and, and, and controls on every it's single hard, But I'm saying, you, yeah. even if you've made that choice because you've been in a difficult circumstance, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't not acknowledge that you made that choice. Yeah, it's like there's parental controls on every single console. And it's like, you wouldn't let your kid, um, I don't know, go into an arcade and let them stay there forever, give them all the money they want and give them all the time they want. You'd be like, no, Billy, it's time to go home now. And the same goes for consoles. Just put those parental yeah, boxes on. Oh, also, if Say, Billy, you can says, play this for this if Billy starts to be aggressive mm-hmm. about not wanting to stop or not slap wanting him. to leave the arcade, yeah, slap <laughs> you get to say, you are the parent, you get to say... I don't care if you are annoyed at this. It's time oh, look, to stop. Look, here's the Xbox. Mm. Here's the Xbox, which I purchased yes. for you, <laughs> flying through the window <laughs> to the ground outside. But it's not even outside. that extreme. Like, my big problem with the lady, no, it's, the, it's with not the 10-year-old child, is like, 
he didn't want to stop playing the game. And so I'm going to yell about how the game is terrible. No, you mm. just tell him, I don't care if you don't. Obviously, he doesn't want to stop the fun thing. Yes. How is this an issue for the game designers? It's not. But mum, I've been taking cocaine every night for a week. <laughs> I don't want to stop taking cocaine. No, Billy. I think you should probably stop. Yeah. That, that's all that's it a is. very it's, easy sentence yeah, to it's say. It's simple. Just, and just... It's, it's a mountain out of a molehill at the end of the day. And it's mm. like, but I do believe there's a case... Yeah, but who wants a molehill of cocaine when they can have a mountain? That is very true. <laughs> Scarface it. People but who don't like... want to be dead. Yeah, but You could like, do it over know. time. Mm. Oh, but just fun. having the mountain. But there's a case to be said that it's like these games are addictive for yeah. a reason. Yeah, completely. Keep people putting they're money they're, in. they're addictive yeah. by design. So, yes. so I actually think this is a really good point you're making, Lucy, which is that if the government wanted to interfere with video games because of the danger, it's not the violence; it's the dopamine flow, it's the addiction, it's, mm. the, yeah, it's the loot boxes completely. because yeah. they prey on. Da-na-na-na. <laughs> right, that's the feeling that's the, everyone that's loves. That's why MMOs are great because you get those levels, and that's why you grind forever to get level fifty-nine to sixty because you want to hear that goddamn fucking sound. And it's we know this is the case. There are definitely studies that support this, and loot boxes prey on that that same thing, and they prey on them expertly. And that's but it the dangerous even have to be thing. Loot boxes, though, it can be in-game systems. It oh, can I know. I'm just like saying an as an example. On Xbox, sorry. That yeah. rare achievement ding. It's like ooh, yeah. yeah. But I'm saying it's, like, it's not. It's not even that. It's hitting the top of a leaderboard in Call of Duty. You've got mm. 30 kills and two deaths. Yes. You're better than everybody else. What am I going to do? I'm going to play oh, another fucking game. Right. So, so the thing is, with <laughs> but Ben. So the the reason why I brought loot boxes up was because there's a skill involved in what you said. And with Lucy, there's at least time involved with what you said as far as levels, etc. And what, why I, I personally think loot box access to people who don't understand money, etc. The problem is the dopamine fix is on what did I get in the box and the fact that it's mm-hmm. random mm-hmm. and it's uncon- sort of sure. uncontrolled. And it's the same. It's just, All of these things are preying on the fact that when we see shiny things and some sort of thing that makes us feel special in the moment, we get dopamine. This is a psychological fact. And there are sort of positive ways of doing that, which are like, how good are you at the game? And there's positive ways, which are, you might not be the best, but you've spent the time, and so that's cool. And then there's you've just spent money to get that dopamine fix, and that's the that's one of the problem mm, areas is the yeah, fact true. that yeah. like so I can compound just, my let, dopamine fix in a certain way, yes. and it's and it's With yeah, beer. disconnected. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Um, I think Let's, this is a good wanna, way to wrap up the conversation, which is that if there's going to be studies on video games and dopamine. It shouldn't be the violence because that's not where the dopamine's coming from. It's the levels and it's yep. the rewards and the fact that rewards are now spread across multiple complicated um, mechanisms and game mechanics that are designed to keep you fixed. Mm. If you, you know, to, to just just make a final point, if you want to jump back to something I kind of devil's advocately said earlier uh, to counter Adel's point that there's loads of violent video games. Uh, statistically, in 2017, shooting games Do made up 27... Heroin simulators? 
<laughs> no, they might do. They may include heroin simulators. Uh, so shooting games made up 27.5% of, all, of all video games sold, uh, according to NPD. That's that's pretty low. That's that's yeah. a it, lot lower than I would have thought. Considering Call of Duty, it's because it's because of casual. Yep, it's it's those damn casual and mobile games. A lot of them just don't have shooting. But to be fair, like fantasy swiping. games don't have that's shooting. True. They have slashing and they have, they have, they have swiping. Slashing. But yeah, it doesn't make to... me want to go to the toilet all the time. So there hey. you go. Yeah. Nice. Let's talk about beers. <laughs> yes. Mm. Lucy. Yes. Out of the two beers that you had, mm. which did you prefer? Oh, it's a tough week for me. Um, they were both fantastic beers. Absolutely fantastic. Um, oh, oh, oh! Didgeridank Ooh. or the uh, Frocker Mocker Chocker 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 Bocker Stout. Um, I think it's going to have to be the stout. Mm, okay. Uh, it, it, it marginally, marginally um, beat out the uh, didgeridank. Um, didgeridank was it was just a juice bomb all over. Mm. Um, bit of bitterness at the end to uh, round out like tropical fruits and the funkiness at the start. But that stout, it went down really quickly. The carbonation made it really light. The orange just balanced out the coffee flavors as well. Uh, yeah, it's definitely the. Let me get the name right. <laughs> Orange Mocha Frap Stout from Tiny Rebel and Fierce Beer. Cool. Oh. Nice. Mm-hmm. They were. Adam. Uh, I'm going to have to go with a Tiny Rebel collab as well. Good week Ooh. for Tiny Rebel. It's the it Weird is. Beard and Tiny Rebel Cardinal Wolf Belgian Dipper. Um, and I like it precisely for all the non-Belgian Dipper reasons. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I, I, it's sort of a bad week for the um, extra stout from uh, Vollenhoven and company because what I like about this Belgian Dipper is the fact that those Belgian yeasts and the high alcohol content sort of gave it a bit of a rounded, sweet, little bit of a roasted, but like I said um, earlier, more sort of anise slightly bitter um but still very sort of in the character of stout um taste profile that carnal wolf just sort of did not hit dipper spots but it hit similar Mm. spots to the stout and was unique and um i couldn't tell it was 8.4 percent because the sweetness sort of lent itself more to that sort of stouty profile the sweetness from the alcohol than sort of alcohol in, in its face and it, it's just a mm. lovely beer there was a lot going on and it was, it was all sort of delicately balanced it wasn't like and so the extra stout from the Vonhoven was a little one note I mean it did what it did well but it was an extra stout like it was just sort of a stout and then some yeah. And the Cardinal Wolf just sort of did a lot, sort of mm. did a few things yeah. and did him in a similar character despite, despite being in a very different sort of beer category. So it was really hard for me to appreciate the stoutiness of the extra stout when yeah. the Dippa had some stout characteristics while, other, while doing other things. So it's the Cardinal yeah, Wolf for yeah. me. How about you, Ben? That's what I, that's what hmm. I think about um, most weird beers, hence yeah. their name. Mm. They're, they're weird takes on the uh, genre, but you still get those kind of Usually so those core tenets almost of those, esoteric. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, is that the one that I brought you? Up to, it it uh, is. To yeah, it's just been okay. sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. Just checking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. What about you, Ben? Um, I think it's probably a little unfair 
to compare the 4% uh, Huddle Pale Ale from Verdant to the 10.5% Triple IPA uh, <laughs> Glory from Northern And that's Monk. because you don't care about taste, you just want to get crunk. Exactly. <laughs> if I wanted to get crunk, it's the Glory. If I wanted something that had zero bitterness and was very well balanced, it's the Verdant. Uh, both beers do very, very different things. Um, I think I probably... If you're gonna push me, oh, and I will. You're push not you. gonna push me, but but you, you, like next you time should. I see you, I'm gonna push you just because just of this. Just knock me to the ground, Corey, and then I'm gonna um, expect Corey. you to remember it. Oh, Lucy, you're gonna hate me. I'm gonna go with the Verdant yeah. Huddle. No, that's good because Verdant, uh, fantastic. Yep. They are. I could drink that all day. I think with the Glory, I could probably have another can, hmm. maybe in 20 minutes' time, and I'd be happy with that. And that would be all I would need for an evening. But with the huddle, I think I could go out and I could have all night. Right. Yeah. And I could enjoy it absolutely all night. I think if I got to the third can of glory, I'd be done. Just so sick. Mm. Yeah. Uh, not, <laughs> I agree. Not not just physically, but also kind of that <laughs> that alcoholy sweetness in yeah. it was just maybe a little bit too much mm-hmm. to have more than maybe one one right. and a half cans, perhaps. Uh, so yeah, I think the Verdant Huddle is a, a nicely balanced beer, which does has a lot of flavour. It does change. I mean, towards the end of the beer, it did all kind of merge a little bit better than it did when I sort of started started the beer. So by the end of it, it was it was very nice, and going into maybe a second can would have been would have been a real you know real treat. Yeah. So no, uh, no, yeah, that's good to hear because I actually picked up a can of Huddle today. So. Excellent. Ooh. I'm looking forward to that even more now. Nice, so. nice. Maybe have a beer before you have it. Perhaps. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure well. whether that was the key, whether it was my <laughs> first because it was my first beer of the evening. That yeah. the it was just a little bit jarring from mm. the first few sort of sips, the first sort of quarter of the can, perhaps. Uh, but it it, it it blended very well towards yeah. the end. So you're encouraging be- binge drinking, basically. I, I like. Yes, that. Yeah. drink as much four percent beer as you can. <laughs> Well, no, that's not true. Don't drink as much 4% beer as you can. Drink as much 4% well-made and excellently tasting Yes, we don't want any carlings. Yeah, it's not exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, if people want to get a hold of us, they can go to at tankedup underscore cast on Twitter. You can email us tankedupcast at gmail.com. I'm at nova underscore 47 on Twitter or on PSN and Steam, nova underscore 47. Adel is at the Omniarch everywhere on all of the things. Put an at for Twitter. But on Twitch, which she doesn't use, so don't worry about it. Lucy, mm. she's changed her Twitter handle. I did. And to... I've forgotten what it was. It's... Tanked up underscore Lucy? No, it's just tanked up Lucy. <laughs> Yay! No underscore yeah. needed. No, and just uh, Juicy Loose 9 on Xbox and PlayStation and Juicy Loose on Untapped. Excellent. Adol. You got anything to finish on? Uh. Yeah, um, you can find oh, us on outoflives.net <laughs> and um, on the Out of Lives Facebook page. Yes. Because um, we're going to be collapsing the tank top page into Out of Lives because it is just a redundancy. But don't worry, the random beer articles we find will still be posted to Out of Lives Facebook and the non tanked up fans, of which there must only be two because we're the best, um, <laughs> will just have to deal with it. Uh, yeah, so, and, and of course, play games, shoot people, violence is fun.
Yes, it is. Obviously, yeah, obviously. I, Lucy, I, what yes. do you have to say to finish? I, I, I was just going to say, well, to a deal's point, um, whenever I was pissed off, I used to play Tekken. But um, just that there's some murmurings amongst us um, that we might be rolling out a new thing where we try and get some common beers that are in, like, you know, you, usual supermarkets that most people can find so they can probably drink along with us. But... Um, yeah, we'll let you know about that yeah. in the coming weeks. Uh, uh, yeah, and we're calling it list. the mm. Carling Corner. <laughs> <laughs> this week on the Carling Corner, Carling Black Label. Yeah. <laughs> and then once we're done with the Carling Corner, we'll have the Foster's Forest. <laughs> Forest talking out. Oh dear. Uh, for another week, we've been tagged up. Goodbye. Bye. Ciao. Sexy. Yes. <laughs>